Hey there, podcast fam. Are you a special education teacher looking to bring more engagement into your classroom without drowning in all of the prep work? I've got something incredible to share with you. Introducing the Teach Taskbox Inspire membership. Imagine having five beautifully crafted task boxes delivered right to your inbox every month, covering everything from social studies to life skills. And the best part, no more late night prepping. Let's bring the fun back into teaching. But wait, there's another option. How about getting those same task boxes delivered right to your front door? Imagine having a fun package to open every single month. That's right, I'm saving you time by printing, laminating, and Velcroing everything already for you. You don't have to lift a finger. Plus, you get access to the digital files as well. Get ready for vibrant, durable materials and the flexibility to choose your grade band, K2, 3, 5, or vocational life skills. Don't miss out. Elevate your teaching experience with a Teach Taskbox Inspire membership. Head to chalkboardsuperhero.com backslash membership right now. Let's make teaching fun again. Hey, special educators. Welcome to Teach Taskbox Inspire, the podcast dedicated to making your job as a special education teacher easier by making your instruction more fun for you and your students. Inside each episode, you'll learn how to get the most use out of your task boxes in the classroom. I'm your host, Lisa Holiday from Chalkboard Superhero, a veteran special education teacher passionate about empowering you with purposeful teaching strategies, helpful tips and tricks, and other classroom management tools that will help you thrive in your role. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, special educators, and welcome back to another episode of Teach Taskbox Inspire. On today's episode, I want to walk you through on how to incorporate a taskbox center in your special education classroom. And I know we've talked so much already on this podcast on the benefits of using task boxes, how to use them, different varieties of task boxes, and how we can use them, incorporate them into our classroom. Task boxes are truly the staple to anyone's special education classroom. And hopefully by now, I have converted you into absolutely loving task boxes as much as I do. So the first thing that you're going to want to start with is planning. You absolutely need to make sure that you have a good plan. Otherwise, you're just going to be randomly pulling things off the shelf, right? I've been there like, oh no, I have to set this task box center up. Let me just grab whatever off the shelf. I have a very good planning sheet for you. You can grab it in the show notes, but it really is just a simple chart that you can fill out every week so that you can plan your task boxes. You want to first think about what goals you are going to want to target for the week. What are you working on? Maybe you're working on rhyming words, compound words, simple sentences, short vowels. Maybe you're trying to target social study skills like community helpers, goods and services, landforms, or how to use a map. Maybe you're trying to hone in on those math skills, such as counting coins, working on patterns, or sorting by category. You could be trying to target those science skills, like animal classification, life cycles, the human body systems, or even weather. Having a clear roadmap will guide your choices on which task boxes you will be using every single week. Once you have all the task boxes picked out for the week on your planning chart, you or a paraprofessional will have to find those task boxes that align with those targeted goals. 
Many teachers organize their task boxes differently, so it is a little bit more difficult to explain over a podcast how to find them. But some task boxes are stored in the closet by numbers or colors. Some are stored on a shelf in the back of the room. However you store your task boxes, please make sure to have them organized so that you can find them fast. Otherwise, it's not much of a time saver, is it? The next thing I want you to think about is how you're going to carve out that time in the student's schedule to fit a task box center in there. When you're thinking about individual student schedules, I want you to think about those five or 10 minutes that they might have in between centers if you already have schedules up and running. Or maybe you already have centers that you run through every single day and you want to replace one of the centers you're currently using with a task box center. Or maybe you want to just do these types of centers every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It really doesn't matter how you put them into your schedule. It just has to meet the needs of your students. Let's say in the mornings, you run through five different centers every morning. Each of those centers maybe lasts 20 minutes and you want to put a task box rotation center there instead of, say, your iPad math games. So you're basically just switching that out and having another thing in its place and maybe even just on Tuesdays and Thursdays, however it is you want to plan that. You have to also make sure that you're thinking about the time that it takes. So if you do have a 20-minute rotation, you have to make sure that this task box or multiple task boxes covers enough time for that entire center. So a 20 or 30 minute center rotation is going to be much too long for just one task box. Typically, a task box takes less than 10 minutes. So you might need a multiple task box system in that task box center. So if you're in an integrated co-taught setting, which just means it's not self-contained, you have some students with IEPs, some without, and maybe you have center rotations and you have a group of five students who are all general ed kids and they come to the center and they have to do, you know, one, two or three test boxes that might be labeled just for them, or it might just be on a table. However, if you have other special ed students in your classroom that need very specific type of test box, you might have that already labeled. Maybe you have all of Sarah's task boxes in a bin that's labeled Sarah. Maybe Danny has a a one-to-one paraprofessional come there and it's very specifically labeled just for Danny. So those other students who come to that center rotation will not do Danny and or Johnny's or Sarah's or anyone else's task boxes other than their own. Another way that I like to organize this and I don't like to put names on things is color coding. So maybe only Johnny does the yellow test boxes. Maybe Sarah is only doing all of the green test boxes. And then Danny's doing all the purple ones. So I don't necessarily need to label it. If you have a color-coded classroom, you can color code your test boxes like that as well. So let's talk about how you actually set up and organize this center. You're going to need some sort of sign or visual to help the students understand what it is they're asked to do once they get to the center. You might have a mini schedule here with those directions labeled. You might have visuals on a huge sign. Maybe you want them to do four different task boxes. That sign is going to be clearly defined, task box one, task box two. However you need to list it, it needs to be clear what the student needs to do once they get to that station. Just make sure that there's enough time for that center for them to get through whatever test boxes you put there. 
you might also consider putting some sort of recording sheets for these task boxes so a student can write the answers down once they're done. So they've manipulated all the pieces and they need to be able to write down what their answers are and then reset those boxes for the next students that are coming, right? And we want to be able to progress monitor these. And if they don't have those answers written down and they reset them, we're not really sure where they are or if they've gotten any of these correct. If a student has a paraprofessional or maybe you want to assign a paraprofessional to this specific center, you can have data collection sheets already prepared and ready for paraprofessionals on a clipboard right in that center. Let's say that you have a self-contained class that only has maybe six students in it. You might not want a bunch of random test boxes in this center. You might want to individualize it. So maybe there are six bins and each bin is labeled with a student name and each bin has targeted test boxes for those specific individual student needs. Using this task box center this way becomes a little bit more like an independent work system in which I have created an entire course dedicated on how to set up independent work systems. I'll put that link in the show notes. If you're specifically thinking about starting those systems, there's a whole process on doing that. However, if you're doing this loosely, we want to implement a system for tracking progress and gathering insights into their development. So this not only informs our teaching strategies, but it allows us to celebrate those achievements no matter how small for each learner. So making sure we have those data collection sheets for paraprofessionals or even parent volunteers or those recording sheets for specific students is super valuable. All right, let's talk about expectations. You are not just going to throw these kids to the wolves, right? You cannot expect you to throw out a bunch of task boxes and say, okay, we're going to be rotating through task boxes. (laughs) That's not how we want to do this. You want to go over expectations with students. So if you set this up in the middle of the year and you haven't quite gone over expectations, I highly recommend you to stop whatever it is you're doing and explain how the center is going to be run, making sure that they follow the rules, what they need to do when they get there, what they need to do when they're all done, and how to record their progress, how to pick up when they're finished. Remember, we need to reset these task boxes for the next student and or group that's going to come to that center. And they need to learn how to do this. And a lot of times, if you don't go over these expectations, the next group who comes to the center, it's going to be a hot mess. And remember, this task box thing, this task box center, this task box station rotation, however you want to call it, is not a one-time thing. This is something that you're going to be planning for every single week in order to have extra practice and maintain those previously mastered skills. Also, when you go around observing your students engaging with these types of activities, you're going to discover brand new insights and opportunities for you to refine these. You're going to figure out real quick what's going wrong and what's going right as soon as you start these center rotations. I do want to add a little caveat. You know, not every student likes using test boxes. I have had a small handful of students in my experience that wanted nothing to do with task boxes. They absolutely melted down whenever we had to use them. And I'm not even sure what it was and what went wrong. And I will not force a student to use task boxes if they're not ready for them. If you force a student who does not like using them, you will definitely have tore up materials 
increase in behaviors, and students who are just going to give up. For those specific students, you want to practice using test boxes one-on-one with that student so that they know how to use test boxes before you send them to these centers for them to have behaviors or destroy your materials. So there you have it. It's simple. I use my planning sheet. I plan the centers. I grab all the task boxes out. I set up the center and then I put up the expectations. I show the students how to do it, how the paraprofessionals are to take data. And that is it. And there you have it, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode all about how to set up a task box center in your special education classroom. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Teach, Task Box, Inspire. I hope you've gained some tips and motivation to fuel your week ahead. If you're ready to explore more strategies for empowering your students as independent learners, be sure to dive into my free training at chalkboardsuperhero.com slash training. And don't keep all this knowledge to yourself. Share this episode with your special education teacher friends who could use some motivation and inspiration. One more thing before you go. If you're finding this podcast helpful and want to show support, head to Apple Podcasts and leave your rating and review. Until next time, keep teaching, taskboxing, and inspiring.